Well, Lord willing, in uh, a couple weeks, we'll pick back up with Ephesians chapter 4. But as I was meditating on uh, motivation, Christian motivation that we looked at last week briefly, I was uh, drawn to a passage in Luke chapter 10, um, beginning at verse 38. And I'd like to look at that this morning. Uh, Luke 10, probably familiar to most of us, the account of Martha and Mary. We'll read uh, verses 38 to 42 and then also consider those those same verses. All right, before we read Luke 10 at verse 38 and following, let's, let's pray together. Our Father, as we approach this account of Martha and Mary, uh, we pray that you would help us to see ourselves in it and more than that, to help us see the greatness of Christ in it. And so you know what each of us needs. You know the things we're wrestling with on the inside, our motivations, everything that goes all the way down to the depths of our heart. So we pray that your spirit would perform a miracle in each of us, that we would uh, be uh, chastised or we might need to be chastised, that we would be convicted, that ultimately we'd be driven to Christ where we find hope and forgiveness. And we pray as well that you'd strengthen us by your spirit to, to live in light of what we're about to learn and, and take a look at. For Jesus' sake, amen. All right, Luke 10, beginning at verse 38. Now as they went on their way, uh, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Thus far, the reading of God's word, may he bless it to our hearts and lives this morning. So, uh, beloved congregation of hope and everyone with us here this morning, as I mentioned already, uh, working through Ephesians 4, 17, where Paul uses the word therefore and had used it in chapter 4, verse 1. It got me thinking more about mo Christian motivation and why we're doing what we're doing. And we noticed last week that it, it is important. The Lord cares about our motivations. He wants us to be doing not just the right things, but the right things for the right reasons. Uh, what's in our hearts, in other words, is what the Lord is after. Why are we serving others? Why are we going about uh, doing our work? And this passage really kind of lays bare uh, some bad motivations, and hopefully we can, we can learn from them and uh, also take a look at Mary and what she was doing uh, well. Uh, this passage uh, uh, always confused me a bit. Uh, I admit, uh, as I read it, I would think that Jesus would have looked at Mary and said, yeah, Mary, why don't you get up and help Martha? <laughs> you're, you're sitting here doing nothing. Martha's slaving away in the kitchen doing all the work. Uh, you're just sitting here uh, listening to me teach. I think you should go help her and get to work, but he doesn't. In fact, he actually says the opposite. He says, basically, Martha, you should be sitting down too, kind of as it were, the implication. Uh, Mary chose the good portion, which can't be taken away from her. What I want us to notice is uh, it's really a comparison between two Christians, two Christians with uh, different motivations. Uh, one Christian is at peace with the work of Jesus, and with sitting at his feet, learning from him. Mary's at peace. Mary's not anxious. 
there's another Christian in the scene, Martha, and she's anxious. She's troubled. She's going about her work at 90 miles an hour, as many of us like to do. Uh, we might call it an ordinary day. But she's troubled as she does this. And she has no peace with the presence of Jesus. Jesus walks in, and we have one person at peace and one person not at peace. And I want us to notice just uh, three uh, really kind of headings as we walk through this passage. Uh, number one, five evidences of Christless service. Secondly, the cure for this Christless service, which Martha is engaged in. And then finally, a warning about Christless service, which is really the last thing that Jesus says. So the evidences of it, the cure for it, and a warning about it. So first of all, five evidences of Christless service, where we might be serving and our motivations are way off. Uh, if you take a look at verse 40, uh, we're told Martha was distracted with much serving. Now, this word distracted actually literally means pulled away from a reference point. It means that we might say Martha was off-center or she had lost her bearing. She was pulled away from her uh, reference point. Um, uh, we might put it this way. Martha's priorities were out of whack. She had forgotten what was important. She wasn't, she wasn't thinking clearly at this moment. She lost her reference point, who should have been Jesus, but her reference point had actually become her own work her own agenda rather than the Lord himself. Uh, if, you, if you've uh, ever traveled with your kids, maybe uh, you know what a reference point is when you, when you go uh, uh, 50 miles away and you ask your kids, how do, you, do any of you know how to get home? When they're three, they will probably say no, nothing looks familiar. But eventually maybe they'll be 10 or 11 or 15 and they'll start saying, yeah, I can get home. And they're really proud of this, right? Because they, they noticed a reference point in Des Moines, the state fairgrounds, and they know 163 takes you all the way to Pella. And once you get close to Pella, they can figure it out or wherever we live. Uh, kids need a reference point to navigate life, beloved. And what was happening to Martha, the word distracted, she, was, she lost her reference point. She, if you, Martha, where are you? What, what's going on right now? Why are you so upset? She, she had just lost any sort of reference about, well, who is Jesus? Jesus is in my house. <laughs> wow. It didn't occur to her. All she was concerned about is, what am I doing? What am I doing to serve the Lord? She lost the reference point. Beloved, the same thing can happen uh, to us as well. Martha, was, Martha lost her reference point uh, and her, because her reference point became her serving. Notice she was distracted with much serving. She wasn't distracted with Jesus. She wasn't focused on Christ. All of her serving, all the things that she was doing personally, her to-do list, it was distracting her. It was pulling her away from the Lord Jesus Christ rather than driving her into him. So she was pulled in a dozen directions. You can imagine the scene, right? The lasagna is burning. <laughs> the cookies are brown or dark brown or black by this point. Uh, she pulled out the last jar of milk out of the fridge and it spilled. So she's outside milking the cow and trying to find more milk. And she comes back in and more things are burning. And she, she lost a fork and a, a plate broke. And things are just chaotic. She's, she's really going to town. She's really serving. She's working hard at this. And she's entirely lost why she's doing this. She's entirely lost her priorities in the midst of it. Beloved, whenever we lose sight of Jesus, something like this takes place in our life. We can become distracted when we lose sight of Jesus, when we lose sight of why we're doing what it is we're doing. And I want to ask you, as I ask myself, have you lost your reference point? Have I? Why are you serving others? Why? When you think about the ways you are serving others, is your focus Jesus Christ and the encouragement of others? 
Or is your focus on doing your activity, your service, your deeds, your productivity? If that's where our mind is, then we're, we're distracted like Martha. But the second evidence of uh, sort of Christless services that were irritated or troubled or anxious, take a look at verse 41 if you would. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. He uses two words that are, he's saying Martha, Martha, he's, he's getting her attention. And he's saying, Martha, you're anxious and you're troubled. Those two words are, are important, I think. This is not anxiety caused by, you know, going to war or a circumstance that was really traumatic in your life, which was outside of your control. This is self-induced anxiety on a, by Martha. She's doing this to herself. Um, to be anxious is literally to be unduly concerned. It's to be over-concerned. So Martha is over-concerned about the wrong thing at this point. That's what's causing her, her to be like this. She's over-concerned about her service, about what she's doing, about, about getting everything done that she wants to get done. And uh, another way of saying this, to par- Martha, your service for the kingdom of God is not the most important thing in the world. Martha, you're, you're over-concerned about what you're doing here. In other words, there's something else you should be more concerned about, the fact that Jesus is in your house. <laughs> that should be the focal point, the fact that Jesus is there, but it wasn't. And he also says, you're, he says you're troubled. Now, let me read some sort of dictionary uh, uh, synonyms and definitions of the word troubled. A raising of voices that contributes to lack of understanding, a state of disorder, confusion, or emotional disturbance. It has to do with having all reason kind of drowned out by emotional inner turmoil that's just going on where you feel like your insides are screaming and it leads to a state of confusion. So Martha is just kind of coming apart at the seams. In all of her service, she's focused on her service, and inside, she's just torn up over what she's doing. And maybe the, uh, the most revealing thing she says is, tell her then to help me. Martha walks in and says, look, Lord, don't you care? You need to tell her to give me a hand. Martha's attitude in her service gives every Christian reason for pause, all of us reason for pause. Martha's service was far from Christian and so of ours is if in our service we are continually angry and frustrated with those that we serve. If we're troubled by, by our service. If our service makes us anxious, troubled, gives us inner turmoil, beloved. It means that we're not, we don't have Christ as our motivation. His, his work for us is not our motivation. We're being motivated by the wrong things as Martha was. So again, I ask you, I ask myself this as well. When you serve others, when you go out of your way to work and to work hard for others, to be a blessing to them, when you do that service, does it irritate you? Does it trouble you? Does it put you in all kinds of inner turmoil? If that's the case, then maybe it's because your focus is your work rather than, Lord, you've done all this for me. I'm going to go do this for them. Regardless of their response, I'm going to go serve them well. But the third evidence of Christless service is being narrow-minded. You can use any words you want. It's found in verse 40. Tell her then to help me. Tell her then to help me. Uh, This is fascinating. Martha didn't walk into the room and say, Lord, I'm doing all this. Mary's doing nothing. Can't she get up and do something? She walks into the room and says, she needs to help me. In other words, 
what I'm doing, my to-do list, my gifting and what I'm pouring my life into is what Mary needs to be doing as well. In other words, Mary needs to get on board with my program. Lord, here's how I'm serving. I'm cooking, I'm slaving away, whatever it is she was busy doing. We're not told the details. Mary needs to join me in that work. In other words, when we are serving as Martha served, we start to think that the ways I serve are the only ways that God is really glorified. And everybody else has to jump on board with the ways that we serve. This is maybe one of the the darkest or blackest aspects of having our hearts in this spot, that we start thinking our priorities need to become everybody else's priorities. We start thinking, look, uh, here's what I want to do, and everybody else has to jump on board with this and do the same. So let me just throw a few examples out. Martha's who believe it most godly to be involved in every church program uh, there is look down on everyone who's not involved with every church program. Uh, Martha's who visit the elderly and the sick demand that everyone else must do the same. Martha's who help the poor demand everyone else must be helping the poor in the same way. Martha's who evangelize in a certain way demand everyone else must join them. And Martha's who have a certain devotional life or family life demand others must do the exact same thing. That, that little phrase, tell her to help me. Tell her to do what I'm doing because what I'm doing in Martha's mind is the most important thing going on in the room right now. That was the most important thing to Martha. Have her come and help me. So Martha isn't just upset that Mary isn't pulling her weight or doing work. Martha's upset that Mary isn't helping Martha do what Martha wants Mary to do. There isn't just one way to serve Jesus, beloved. We've been looking at gifts in Ephesians 4. I, I just want to state the obvious. What Martha was wrestling with is, look, Lord, why isn't Mary doing what I'm doing as well? She needs to come and kind of help me along. I've got a long list of things to do. She needs to make my, my list her list. But beloved, when we come to Christ, there's many ways to serve the Lord. And it, it can be tempting when our hearts are in the wrong spot, when we're mo- motivated by love for the Lord and love for others, to think, I'm pouring my life into this. I'm giving my all into this. And I think everybody else should get on board with this as well. Um, it tells us that our hearts aren't in the best spot, that we're, uh, we're in this for the wrong motivations. Because there are so many ways to serve the Lord, and we shouldn't be uh, uh, concerned that other people aren't doing the exact same things that we want to do, uh, as we are concerned that others are just using their gifts and serving the Lord in the ways that he's called them to serve. Martha didn't realize, another way of putting it is this, Martha didn't realize that Mary was also serving Christ. She was serving Christ by growing, by listening, by sitting there, by worshiping. Uh, That was a tremendous service to the Lord Jesus Christ. She's serving Christ in a different way. Uh, A fifth uh, evidence that our service is Christless is loneliness. Again, look at verse 40. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So Martha has kind of a, uh, an Elijah complex. I'm, I'm the only one really doing any service here, Lord. <laughs> Don't you care? Like I'm doing this all by myself. Uh, I'm the only one doing this stuff right. I'm the only one who's really obedient here, Lord. I'm the only one who's really carrying my weight. Uh, if it wasn't for me, the church would fall to the ground. The programs would fall to the ground. I mean, you can hear uh, all the various things that might come out of somebody who's wrestling with the, the heart that Martha's wrestling with at this point wasn't for me, uh, nothing in this world would turn out right. What's going on, beloved, is, again, Martha's distracted. She's focused on the wrong thing. Instead of Christ taking the centerpiece of her heart, her service and her work 
has taken over the centerpiece. Uh, it's sometimes helpful just to take a step back from our labor if, if we find ourselves in the place of Martha and, and get perspective on things. You know, if Martha had died, the world, right then and there, the world would not have come to an end. Uh, if we find ourselves in the same spot as Martha, which I trust all of us have found ourselves there or will find ourselves there at some point, um, it's helpful for us to realize when we die, the world doesn't even slow down one mile per hour as it spins on its axis. Uh, the world around us barely stops. A few people come to a funeral. There's a bit of a procession. But 10 years later, how many people are going to come visit our grave? For most of us, a year later, how many will? Almost no one. Beloved, uh, we need to put ourselves into perspective. Our work is what we're called to do for the Lord. And let, let none of us misunderstand this. We are called to work hard for the Lord Jesus Christ. We have much to do. But he wants us to be doing it for the right reasons. Not to build our own little kingdom as Martha is sort of building, but to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a time for working really hard, and there's also a time just to have our hearts nourished by him, to love him, and to worship him. And Martha is serving without worshiping, as it were. And Mary is just sitting there worshiping. So as we, if we find our hearts in this spot, it's helpful to sit back and say, you know what, what I'm doing is something I need to be doing for the Lord. But if I'm doing it for the wrong reasons, then I should probably just stop until I can get my heart in a better spot. Uh, the world doesn't need an angry, bitter, upset, troubled Christian going out trying to turn the world upside down. It's not a great witness. It's not an encouragement to other believers. So at that point, we could stop, take a, a good examination of ourselves, sit with Mary at the feet of Jesus, and, and try and put things back into perspective. And then maybe the last, uh, there's probably many more in this passage, but the last thing that I want us to look at is um, if we have Christless Christian service, uh, one evidence is we need, we need approval, our need for approval. Verse 40, uh, Martha says, Lord, don't you care? Or don't you care? Doing this all by myself. Don't you care, Lord? It, aren't you concerned with this? Uh, you haven't said thank you. You haven't done anything. Don't you care about this? I'm not getting any feedback. Uh, it was not enough for Martha that she was serving. That wasn't enough. If she was motivated by the right things, then it should have been enough for her just to be able to serve people. She, she would have loved it. She said, I'm glad to do this. I'm glad to serve while Mary can sit there. But Marcia, Mar Martha was not happy about this at all. She needed someone to care or to approve. She needed human feedback. She needed some sort of praise. And if we become horribly, horribly discouraged, beloved, when no one compliments the services we offer, no one says thank you, then we're actually serving for the wrong reasons. And there's nothing wrong with saying thank yous. In fact, I hope we're an encouragement to each other. We should be as we use our gifts. But beloved, if that's the reason we're serving is the praise of men, that's a horrible reason. If, if we serve people and they don't respond as we think they need to, and we're left thinking, well, didn't they even notice? Don't they care that I just did this for them? Our hearts are in the bad spot. Our hearts are in the same spot that Martha's heart was at. And we need to stand back and reevaluate, repent, and go about this in a different way. And if our head goes through the clouds, if we serve someone and they say thank you or they go out of their way to praise us and our head just goes through the clouds, we're on cloud nine, we're, we're just out there filled with tons of pride, then again, it's evidence that we're serving for all the wrong reasons. Because this time the praise did come, 
it's not the absence of it, but the presence of praise that then shows us that our hearts are in a bad spot. We're doing this for the wrong reasons. Our motivations then, I, I want us to notice this. Our motivations matter to God. The Lord cares why we're doing things, beloved. In fact, it's the one, you could argue, it, it's the primary difference between a Pharisee and a Christian. A Pharisee does things to build their kingdom, to make themselves right with God. They do things for the praise of men. And a Christian engages in the same outward things. If you looked at the life of a Pharisee and a Christian, you might see the identical life outwardly. But a Christian does it to thank God. A Christian does it out of love for God and love for other people. Two entirely different motivations. Now, what's the cure for Christless service? I want us to notice uh, a few things. Number one, verse 42, Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Now, what's the Lord referring to here? Mary's chosen the good portion. What did Mary choose? Well, Mary chose just to sit at Jesus' feet, we're told. Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So the teaching of Jesus, humbly sitting before Jesus and receiving his teaching was the good portion. So Mary's focus, Mary's reference point for her life was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Well, what does this mean? It means the reference point for all Christian service, beloved, is Jesus Christ. He's the reference point. Uh, he's he should be where we are centered on in our mind. Uh, his life, his death, his resurrection, that should be the focal point of our lives as we serve others. Uh, another way of putting it is this. God loves you not because of your work, beloved. God loves you first and foremost and is pleased by you, not because you've been hard. We don't, we don't believe in justification by serving. We don't believe in justification by works, justification by serving, justification by slaving away in the kitchen like Martha or justification by pastoring or justification by deaconing or justification by teaching or justification by being a good dad or a good mom. We don't believe in those things at all. Justification by being the best, the best construction worker, the best accountant, the best homemaker, the best teacher. We don't believe in any of those things. None of those things are true. They're, they're a horrible lie. But Martha's bought into the lie, at least temporarily here, justification by service. If I serve, then I'm acceptable. And it was destroying her. So, beloved, what does it mean to sit at Jesus' feet and learn? It means to at least get this much straight, that God loves us on the basis of the work of Jesus Christ alone. You're already acceptable to him as you sit in this very room. But you and me, beloved, as Christians, born-again Christians who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are fully acceptable, counted righteous by God himself. All of our sins forgiven, Christ paid for them, and all of his perfect life credited to our account as if we had lived perfectly. That's already been done and declared. Now, who of us would ever respond when we're thinking rightly and when our hearts are in the right spot? Who of us would ever say, well, then I'm going to go out and I'm going to try and get more of God's favor? <laughs> we'd say, well, that's ridiculous. We can't get more of God's favor. We've got the whole thing. Can I live more perfectly than Jesus lived? No. Well, God's credited all of Jesus' perfection to my account. I can't add to that. There's no way to top that. Well, then I guess I live the rest of my life just delighted in that very fact. I'm going to glorify God now. I'm going to go out and serve him, but, but not to try and gain approval, not to try and one-up other people around me, not to show the Marys that they're worthless. 
I'm just going to go out and serve now because my heart's in a great spot. The Lord loves me and I love him. And I'm going to go love other people like God first loved me. Well, then two entirely different motivations going on in our hearts. So that's a cure. One of the cures I wanted us to look at, what Mary's doing. So let me ask you this, and I ask myself the same question. How many of us have to sit down and sort of re-examine where we are in our lives? Many of us are serving well. I, I trust that all of us are serving well. You probably don't know the ways that I'm serving. I, I don't know the ways you're serving. But why are we doing it? Are we irritated with those we're serving? Are we frustrated with how our life is going? Do we look down our noses at others who don't serve as well? Then, then our motivations are off. That, that, that's a litmus test. Our motivations are off, and we need to recheck them. The only way to be motivated by joy, beloved, is when we're doing things out of love for God and others. Then there's true joy. When we're motivated by, God did this for me. Christ laid down his life for me. Oh, wow, I'm yours, Lord. I'm not going to offer begrudging service. I'm not going to offer hateful or troubled or anxious service. I'm going to offer joyful service. Wherever you call me to be, I'm going to do it. If nobody responds, nobody notices, nobody praises me, I'm going to do this. That suggests someone who's mature in the faith, whose heart is in a good spot. And I want us to also sort of flip the conversation around and put the words of Martha in the, in, in the mouth of Jesus, as it were, because I think it helps illustrate something. Imagine if Jesus said, Martha, do you care that you've left me to serve alone? Help me. Martha, don't you care that I alone have to pay for your sins? Don't you care that you're not going to hang on the cross of Calvary? Don't you care that you're not pulling your own weight? Don't you care that I alone, truly alone, am doing for you what you can never do for yourself? Don't you care, Martha? That kind of reorients everyone's thinking, Martha's thinking. If Jesus had, Martha says, Lord, don't you care that I'm doing this all alone? If Martha would get back centered, all Jesus would have to do is ask her the same question. Don't you care that I'm going to die for your sins, Martha, all alone? You're not there to help. You're not there to pick up the slack. It would finally put Martha's uh, orientation back. It would finally put her in the right spot. Yeah, Jesus' work is much more important than mine. He did this work all alone. He did the ultimate work all alone, all by himself, hanging there, no one with his back, no one having his back. Everybody running away from him. And it's just he and the wrath of his father for sins we committed coming down against him so that our sins could be forgiven. Beloved, he did this all alone. You and I were not in the room. You and I did not lift a finger. Martha's, Martha's work did not add to this work. So, beloved, when it really came time for redemption to happen, when it really came time to lift the heavy lifting, you and I were laying on the ground dead, and Jesus Christ lifted the whole weight. He did all of this, all of our work of redemption, alone, as it were, suffering in our place, obeying in our place. That was the will of the Father, and he accomplished it. He did it. So what should our reference point be? Obviously, the Lord Jesus Christ. Is our work important? Yes. Is our work as important as the Lord Jesus Christ? No. If we forget him, and we do, is it possible to do things for the right reason? No. No, our hearts are just going to go all over the place, and we'll end up serving like Martha served. Until Christianity is more about Christ and his work for us than about Christians and our work for the Lord, we will serve just like Martha served. We will do it.
Another way of putting it is this. You can't do enough for others to make you feel good about yourself. Only Jesus Christ can make you feel good about yourself, meaning give you peace. Beloved, you and I can't do enough work for others to give us peace with God. We can't. You can work 20 hours a day. You can serve in ways unimaginable. You can go overseas. You can pray 15 hours a day. You can do deeds of service for other people that are amazing in the Christian realm. And you will never, ever have peace with having done enough because it can't, it can't satisfy God. And deep within you, you know it. The only way you can have peace with God, peace with yourself, is by trusting in the work of our Lord Jesus Christ, by making him your reference point. It changes everything. And I want to consider just one more thing. It's a brief warning about Christ's service. Verse 42, one thing is necessary, says Jesus. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. <laughs> There's a mouthful there. The work of our Lord Jesus Christ will never, ever be taken away from Mary, right? Never. Once you trust in him and believe in him, that work, that standing before God will never, ever be taken away. That's the good portion. You can't lose it. But there's an implication here. Martha, everything you're pouring yourself into can be lost. What do you mean, Lord? Uh, you're going to get old someday, and you won't be able to work near as hard. You're going to become more and more infirm. And you're going to lose a lot of abilities to be blessings to people that you have right now. All of that, beloved, can be taken away. In fact, on the last day, it will all be stripped away. And when everything's stripped away from us, here's the question we have to answer. Will we have a heaven full of good works? A heaven full of good works. Full of good works because we were motivated by love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Or will we have a heaven empty of good works? Because while we were on this earth, what we did was simply try and serve ourselves. Was try and advance our own agenda was try and get other people to do the things that we want them to do, was serve bitterly and angrily. Beloved, the work of Jesus Christ and the things we do in service to him can't be taken away. They never will. But beloved, our strength and our ability to serve others and build our own kingdom, that will be taken away. It will be taken away through old age. It will be taken away through weakness, through infirmity. But on the last day, it will be entirely stripped away, burned up as it were, and count for nothing. So here's, here's one, I think, one of the encouragements that we can take away from this. Let us examine our hearts and serve the Lord well. Let us serve him for good motivations. Let us, let us love him with all of our hearts. And where we aren't loving him well, let us turn around and repent. And where we're serving and serving other people and being, trying to be a blessing to other people, and we find ourselves irritated and angry, upset, trying to manipulate them and control them to do what we want them to do, etc. Tell Mary to get in the kitchen with me and let's get to work. When we find ourselves doing that, let's take a step back. Let's push the pause button as it were. Let's just spend time with the Lord, with Mary, sitting beside Jesus and listening to his teaching so we can finally have rolling through our heads and through our hearts that what we do is important. What God calls us to do is important in the advancement of his kingdom. But if we're doing it for the right reasons, then he's not pleased by this. And we're not advancing his kingdom. We're advancing our own. Let's, let's pray together.